بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله بسم الله اللهم افتح لنا حكمتك وانشر علينا رحمتك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما اللهم وفقنا اللهم وفقنا توفيق الصالحين وصلي لهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا الحمد لله رب العالمين Did we get to the we did the seventh didn't we We're on the sixth yeah So inshallah inshallah we'll finish today um, did we finish the the seventh so yeah the six bismillah in lam yakuna ala amri ala amri fadilan ala amran fadilan anda kulli qail fala yuhtaqar an yatahara min al aqwal wal amari ma qara ahad min al ulama al mawthuq bi dinihim inna fi dhalika al qawl wal amri fadlan fuqsara amrihi so this sixth maqam is that if you're not in something that's virtuous, then you'll be in something that's... If you're not in the most virtuous thing, you're in something that's less than this, and it differs from the other in that the... Uh, it can also be where the ulama differ about something... Uh, whether it's virtuous or not. So he says, if he's not in a virtuous action that everybody agrees on, He doesn't diminish seeking out those words and those actions that some among the ulama who are trustworthy in their religion have said that it's virtuous to do. So the extent of his affair is that he's never in anything less than the mubah with everybody. So, in other words, some of the things he's doing are going to be mubah, just permissible according to some ulama, and according to others, they'll be virtuous. This is the sixth maqam. For example, Imam Malik said that to make a a, an, uh, to, to make an oath about something that's permitted, you don't fulfill that oath. Oath, nadar, is only for things like, I swear I'm going to walk to Al-Quds. Because Quds is one of the places that's visited in our religion and recommended, you fulfill that oath. But for something that's not, uh, that's simply permitted, like making an oath to visit uh, uh, somebody, then those things aren't fulfilled. And then he says, And uh, so there's others that say he has to fulfill it. So some say you can't do a, 
a chicken. It has to be to, to, to expiate, you have to do more than a chicken. Or a ma'ib, something that has a defect in it. فَإِنْ فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ أَوْ نَظَرَهُ لَزِمَهُ الْمَعِيبُ وَلَمْ يَزَلْهُ الْدِيكُ So, if he did that from his oath, then he would still have to do the one that's deficient, uh, but not the, the chicken. مُرَعَةً الْخِلَافِ Because there's a khilaf about the ma'ib where there's no khilaf about the chicken. So, this is where he's doing something that somebody said. He's going to go into more detail. He said, I will expand on this later, on this maqam when I get to the taraqi. Because remember, the tadalli is showing you the ladder. Taraqi is showing you how to climb the ladder. So he goes down from the top because he's at the top. So he's going down the ladder to show you the whole ladder of these three people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has identified in the Qur'an as people that oppress themselves, people that are in a good state but they're not outstrippers, and then the outstrippers, the people that are ahead of everybody else. And so he says, uh, so he says that if the action is in accordance with this thing that is less virtuous, then it's even more important to recognize it. Even if there's people that say you shouldn't do it. And he says because to, uh, to encourage those things, is from the shiim of the aima. It's it's the quality of the of the imams. It's their character, um, and to leave that encouragement with the Sufis, especially, is not from muru'a. It's not from uh, just virtuous uh, nature, the dignity of of people. One al imam and look at the imam. He means Malik radiyallahu at going between Shafa' and Witr, because in, in Malik's madhab, after Shafa' you do the Taslima, and then you do the Witr. According to the Hanafis, you, you don't, you join the Shafa' and Witr. But Imam Malik said, قَالْ إِتْبَعْهُ وَلَا تُخَالِفْهُ Follow it, he, he, it was said to him, فَإِنْ صَلَّيْتَ مَعَ مَنْ لَا يَفْصِلْ If you're praying with somebody that doesn't split, Imam Malik said, إِتْبَعْهُ وَلَا تُخَالِفْهُ Follow him and don't go against his practice. And if I was doing it, Malik, I wouldn't say the taslima between the two. Because you could do it anyway, right? Because you're praying behind him. He still wouldn't do it. Qad ibn Rushdin. Ibn Rushd, the great Andrusian faqih, said, يعني مالك أنه لو أوتر بالناس لعارض يعرضه بإمامهم الذي من شأني أن يوتر بثلاث لا يفصل بينهم لم يخالف فعله في ترك الفصل So if he's praying behind somebody that does this, he wouldn't go against his practice. وفي المدونة قال مالك من صلى خلف من يرى أن السجود في النقص بعد السلام لا يشدد معه حتى يسلمه فإن الخلاف شر Imam Malik said in the Mudawana, if you pray behind somebody who's, who, who thinks that the sujood is from deficiency is after the salam, because Malik differentiates. If it's ziyada, 
if, if, you, if, if it's a commission, right, then you do it after the salam. If it's a, an omission, then you do it before the salam. But he's saying, if you pray behind somebody who doesn't see that, he says that you do it after the, the uh, salam in both cases. Then he says, لا so he shouldn't do the sajda until he makes the salam, even though it's against his madhab. And then Malik said, فَإِنَّ الْخِلَافَ شَرٌ Because this type of khilaf is shar. The ikhtilaf is khayr, but the khilaf is shar. And, 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 and they differentiate between ikhtilaf and khilaf. The ikhtilaf is in the mas'ala. So there's a difference of opinion. But the khilaf is when you're unwilling to forego your position uh, in a situation where it would be better for you to forego it. And then he says, Look at the, 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 you know, this is, this is not a, a, a major thing. So if, if, if you, if, if, if you didn't do the salam, nobody would notice it from you. So he's saying, look at what he's saying, even in this, don't go against him. فَقَدْ قَالَ فَعَلَ فِي صُرَاتِ الْمَطْلُوبِ فَمِنْ بَابِ أَوْلَى الْمُسَاعِدَةُ فِي مَا هُوَ فِي غَيْرِ صُلْبِ الصَّلَاةِ So, what he did in his prayer was encouraged, and even more important is to encourage things other than, for instance, what is at the heart of the prayer. مِمَّا لَيْسَ مِنْ بَابَ الْحَلَالِ وَالْحَرَامِ Because this relates to the halal and haram, what's permissible and not permissible. So he's saying in things that don't relate to that, it's even more important to encourage these things. ذكر أبو عمر في استذكاره عن ابن هشام أنه كان يرشح رفع اليدين عند الركوع وعند الرفع منه وذلك رواية أشهب وغيره عن مالك قال ولم يروي واحد مثل قول ابن القاسم فقال له ألا ترفع فنقتدي بك فقال مخالفة الجماعة فيما أبيح لنا ليس من شيم الأئمة It's an amazing statement Ibn Abd al-Barr one of the greatest ulama in the history of Islam he preferred to raise the hands in the prayer. Because the Malikis, they don't do raise the hands when you, when you go up and down. They don't raise the hands. So when you come out of uh, Ruku'ah, some of the, uh, the Imam Shafi'i raises the hands, right? Imam Malik, no. Ibn Abdul Bar, because the hadith on raising the hands is mutawatir. It's a very strong hadith. So Ibn Abdul Bar felt that it was actually, the dilia was so strong because so many of the sahaba related it. But he says, so he, his companions knew that he preferred that position. So they said, why don't you just raise your hands and we'll follow you? He said, To go against the group. In those things that are, are really, they're not major things. The, 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 this is, the, the, this is, at most it would be mandub to do it, but it's from the hayat of salah. It's not, you don't, if you leave things like that in the prayer, you don't do sajda for them. So he's saying, I'd rather be with the group than khalif tu'raf, go against the group and get noticed as, oh, why is he doing that? And then, then it creates confusion. So that, why is he doing that? And then he says, well, the Dalil is stronger. And then the people get confused about their Imam. وَمِنْ حِكَمِّ الشَّيْخَ الْإِمَامِ شَيْخَ الْعَارِفِينَ الْقَرَشِي الْمُرُؤَةُ مُوَافَقَةُ الْإِخْوَانِ فِيمَا لَمْ يَحْجُرْ عَلَيْكَ الْعِلْمِ It is from 
manliness or virtue or, you know, vir virtue in, in Latin comes from the same root of, you know, manliness. But, but, but it, it really means, you know, muru'as is from, it's related to that, but it really means about, it's at the essence of human dignity. The muru'ah is, is really your dignity. Imam Shafi'i said that if I thought that drinking a glass of water would diminish my muru'ah, I would leave drinking water. And that's how concerned they were. And now we're living in an age of frivolity and people, everybody's very lackadaisical and there's no, there's no real uh, adab anymore. I mean, this is just people have to accept these things. Um, but there was a time when people had immense adab for elders, if somebody was older than them, if somebody had gray hairs, uh, they were they were just treated with so much respect just because they were old, um, and so uh, he says that it's from muru'a to agree with the brothers as long as knowledge doesn't prohibit that. If there's nothing in knowledge, just go along. They say shartan murafaqa and muwafaqa. The condition of spending time with people is just to agree with them. Which means, obviously not in sinfulness, but just why create contradictions and conversations that end up in arguments that have no real meaning or relevance. Some people love to do that. They love to argue. وَسَيَأْتِ قَوْلِ أَبِي عُمَرَ مِنْ شَأْنَ الْعَالَمِ and also from Abu Omar, he says, it's of the nature of the scholar that he makes things easy for people and gives them licenses as long as he's not afraid of some sinfulness. Everything that will make the one you're sitting with, your companion, that will please him, as long as there's no sinful, sinfulness in it, don't. stint him in that or her. Don't be, don't be a miser. Don't stint them that thing that's going to make them happy. Uh, one of the things that in Arabia they talk about تطيب الخاطر You know, just making somebody uh, you know, like if you upset somebody to do something to يطيب خاطره to, make, to settle his thoughts. You know, if he's disturbed, if you did something, it's to make pure his thoughts about you. So it's something you might say or do just to change uh, that uh, effect. And so, uh, now this is, so he says, وَكُلَّ مَا تُرْضِي بِهِ جَرِيسَكْ مِمَّا لَا إِثْمَ فِي فَلَا تَبْخَلْ بِهِ لَعَلَّ أَنْتَ أَعْطَابَ بِذَلِكَ ثَوَابًا مُحْسِنِينَ Maybe you'll get in place of that what you did, the reward of the muhsinin. Because it's a type of ihsan to do that. And then he says, Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala yaqul, ma ala al-muhsinina min sabil. There's no blame on the muhsinin. In other words, what you do out of ihsan, there's no blame. You can't fault them for it. If they did it out of ihsan, don't fault them for it. قال الشيخ أبو إسحاق الشاطبي الأولى عندي في كل نازرة يكون لعلماء المذهب فيها قولان فيعمل الناس على موافقة أحدهما وإن كان مرجوحا في النظر ألا يعرض لهم 
وأن يجروا على أنهم قلدوه في الزمان الأول وجرى به العمل فإنهم إن حملوا على غير ذلك إن حملوا على غير ذلك كان في ذلك تشويش للعامة وفتح لأبواب الخصام وربما يخالفني في ذلك غيري وذلك لا يصدني عن القول به ولي فيه أسوى انتهى So Sheikh Abu Ishaq al-Shatibi says that it's more appropriate as far as I'm concerned in every nazila. A nazila is, is some situation where you need a legal ruling. That the ulama, when you have two opinions and people, and most people do one of them, even if it's marjuah, if it's not really a, the stronger opinion, it's weaker, but this is what they're doing. Don't, ex, don't expose them, don't go against them, and consider it to be that they're following something from, from the Imam's first period, because the Imams differed in their opinion over time. Imam Malik lived 90 years. Some of his earlier opinions he, he discarded later on. The same with Shafi'i. Shafi'i had a madhab. When he went to Iraq, he had a madhab. When he went to Egypt, he had a madhab. So you'll find different opinions. So he's saying, just consider an earlier opinion and leave them on it. Because if you try to force them to, to go on a, on a stronger opinion, you're going to create tashwish lil'amma. You're going to, yishawish alayhim. You're going to confuse them. You're going to create turmoil in them. And you will open the door of argumentation. Right? The Prophet ﷺ said, Ana za'imun. Uh, I will guarantee you a house in the best part of paradise for the one who will give up argumentation even when he's right. And Imam Malik did not argue. If people started arguing about fiqh, he would literally get up, shake his, his shawl and say, Antum harb, your war. And he would walk away. He didn't argue. One man came to Madika radiallahu and he said, Jadilni, uh, let's have a debate. And he was from what's called the Murja'iyah. They were one of the, 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 uh, the sects at that time uh, that had a position about Mu'awi and Ali. Anyway, Imam Madik said, Wayn ghalabtani. You know, uh, no, he said, Wayn ghalabtuka. And, and if I win the debate, he said, Atba'uka, I'll follow you. He said, وَإِنْ غَلَبْتَنِي And if you win the debate, he said, you follow me. He said, وَإِذَا جَثَارِثُونَ وَغَلَبَنَا What about if a third comes and he beats both of us? He said, نَتْبَعُهُ Then we follow him. He said, you're going to be on a new religion every day. See you later. You know, in other words, what I have, I feel certain about. I don't need to debate these things. He's in a lineage of tradition. He took this from a rightly guided group of scholars. He gave it to a rightly guided group of scholars. They transmit it to a rightly guided school. They will carry this knowledge in every generation upright people. In other words, we don't need to rediscover Islam in every generation. Islam has already been discovered. It's already been discovered. You don't need to rediscover it because you discover some new thing or a new hadith that you didn't know about. They've already been through all of the hadith. They've already done it all. It's been done. We don't need to have those arguments and debates anymore. 
But you have to find people in that tradition, in this line of scholars, and they differ. Undeniably, the scholars differ. But his point is, the great ones were like Shafabi. If it's, if it's a difference of opinion, what, if the people are doing something, even if it's less preferred, you should do that, just because you don't want to confuse people. This religion is not about confusion, it's about guidance. But people say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ You're leaving a dalil for a weaker dalil? No. I'm maintaining the unity of the Muslims, which is stronger than following that sunnah that you're saying is a stronger dalil. The Prophet would, this is what he would do in this situation to preserve the unity. This is the ishtihad. So he says that maybe others will differ with me about this, a shatabi, but that doesn't prevent me from saying it. And I have good examples for this, right? The, the great scholars before him. Amma Sayyidi ibn Siraj, rahimullah, kana la yarda hadhal ma'akhad fil halali wal haram. But ibn Siraj, another one of the great ulama, Andrus, he said he was not content with this if it dealt with halal and haram. He said for the sunan, for the ja'izat, mandubat, and things like that, that's fine. But if it was halal and haram, ya'khud bihi fi fadail al-shari'a aksa shatabi, he said, Take it in the fadail, in the virtuous things. وَقَدْ وَقْعَلِي حِكَايَةٌ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي الْأَصْرِيَ الَّذِي خَرْجْتُمْ مِنْهُ هَذَا وَلَمْ يَزَرَ الشَّيْخِ رَحِمُ اللَّهِ يَقُولُ مَا زِلْتُ تَصْعُبُ عَلَيَّ الْفُتْيَ فِيمَا يَكُونَ النَّصُ بِحُكْمٍ وَالْعَمْرُ جَارٍ بِخِلَافِ وَيُمَثِّلُ لَنَا ذَلِكَ بِمَنْ وَهَبَ مَوْضِعَ سُكْنَاهُ وَعَادَ لِسُكْنَاهُ بَعْدَ عَامٍ النَّصُ أَنَّهُ بَاطِنٌ وَالْعَمْرُ بِخِلَافِ وَكَذَلِكَ إِذَا اخْتَلَعَتَ الزَّوْجَةُ بِنَفَقَةِ الْوَلَدِ إِلَى السَّقُوطِ ذَلِكَ عَنَ الْأَبْ شَرْعًا فَقَوْلُ مَالِكٍ وَابْنِ الْقَاسِمِ وَالْمُدَوَّنَةِ وَابْنِ وَهْبٍ وَابْنِ الْعَبْدِ الْحَكَمِ وَمُطَرَّفٌ وَأَصْبَغُ إِنَّهُ لَا يَلْزَمُهَا مَا أَنَافَ عَلَى الْحَوْلَيْنِ مِنْ نَفَقَةِ الْوَلَدِ قَالَ الْمَخْزُومِ يَلْزَمُهَا ذَلِكَ so he he's going to show examples that really bothered him for instance if somebody gave as a gift uh, his his uh, his residence. But then he came back a year later and took it back. And, and the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the one who takes back his gift is like a dog that lap, laps up his uh, vomit. So, so he said that, that the, the text says that the, it's invalid. But in Andrusia, they, they actually considered it acceptable. So he's saying, that's a situation where I can't... Or a woman who pays to get in, uh, divorced through uh, the money of her child. Um, and he gives other examples of that. So he's saying that these are things that he, he didn't feel comfortable with doing. فَمِنْ ذَلِكَ نَصُّ الشَّيْخَ الشُّيُخِ إِبْنِ لُبِّنْ قَالَ الشَّيْخَ بِرَحَسَنِ إِبْنِ زَرْقُونَ وَرَدَ الْخَبْرُ بِمَسْحَ الْوَجْهِ بِالْيَدَيْنِ عَنْدَ إِنْقِضَاءِ الدُّعَاءِ There's a hadith that the Prophet uh, wiped his hands over his face at the end of a dua. The Andalusians and the Malikis tended not to do that. And, and this was a khilaf. And so Ibn Lubbin said, أَشَارَ بِهَذَا حَدِيثَ الْكَرْمِذِي وَكَانِ إِذَا صَلَّى عَجْزَمْ رَفَعْ يَدَيْهِ فِي الدُّعَاءِ لَمْ يَحُطَّهُمَا حَتَّى يَمْسَحَ بِهِمَا وَجْهَهُ So that's a hadith in uh, Al-Tirmidhi. Uh, and it's, it's a good hadith. And so, وَصَحَّهُ Al-Tirmidhi وَحَدِيثِ أَبِي دَرْدَى قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ سَرُوا اللَّهَ بِبَطُونِ أَكُفِّكُمْ that's even stronger because there's a qawl in, in the hadith, if the Prophet does something, then that's of less weight 
according to the majority of scholars, than if he commands to do something. If he tells you to do it, it has even stronger weight. So he's saying, these hadiths are strong. قَالِ الْإِمَامَ الْعَرْبِ لَا شَمْسُ الدِّينَ الْبِلَادِ وَمَنْ عَدَابَ الدُّعَاءِ كَذَا وَكَذَا From the adab, from the comportment or the courtesies of the of prayer or oration, that you should do this and this. And then he said, وَيَمْسَحُ وَجْهُ بِكَثَّيْهِ لِمَا رَوَاهُ أَبُوْ دَاوُدْ وَالْبَزَّارُ وَابْنُ حِبَّانُ وَابْنُ مَاجَةُ وَالْحَاكِمْ فِي الْمُسْتَدْرَكُ بِأَسَانِيدَ جَيِّدَةٍ جِدَّةٍ So he's saying, the great scholar, Shamsuddin al-Bilal, he said, we should do this. وَكَذَلِكَ السَّيِّدْ مُفْتِي تُونَسِ الْبَرْزَرِي قَارِيُ أَيِّدُ مَسْحَ الْوَجْحِ عَقِبَ الدُّعَاءِ and also the great Mufti of Tunis at Barzali. So he's showing that these great ulama said this. This was a big debate in Andalusia, like about putting the hand. So he, he's bringing it out because it was an issue in his time. It's not really an issue in our time. But the point is, we have other issues that are very similar to this. So you get the point. He's saying, you know, look at what we're fighting over. You know, these, these are not things that people should be fighting over. And so he goes on, there's, there, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of that. And at the end he says, You know, that, that taqlid is in the ahkam. It's not in virtuous actions. If you have a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ tells you to do something that's from the fada'il, it's not taqlid. Like if you're reading a hadith or your teacher teaches you something that is virtuous, what he's saying is, this isn't really taqlid because it's a hadith of the Prophet. So you have a hujjah for it. Now obviously you have to know if it's ma'mulun bihi or not. That's, that's another matter. But that's his point. I wanted to relate the kalam of Ibn al-Arabi, his, what he said in the Siraj. And I wish we had that book, Siraj al-Muridin. Uh, he's going to wait. For later. وسيأتي في التكلم عن هذا المقام بالتراقي مثل هذا عن ابن عرفة والبرزري والشيخ الشيوخ بن لب. He goes on all the shiyukh, Sidi al-Minturi wa shaykhihim, Sidi al-Qijati, Sidi al-Hafar. يستخفون ما استثقله الشاطبي ويستثقلون ما استخفه الشاطبي. So some of them, they they deem light what Imam Shatibi found heavy, and they deem heavy what Imam Shatibi found light. So this is a difference of opinion. About these. وانظر أيضا مما جرى بعمر الدعاء أدبار الصروات وزيارة قبر الميت صبيحة سبعة أيام بعد دفنه. And look also at the action of making dua after the prayers, because this is an issue of our time. Some people are against this. You know, if they see somebody, if they see somebody doing a prayer, uh, doing a, the imam doing a dua, some people say it's a bid'ah. And, and there really are people and. The, the Prophet, as far as we know, he did not make dua after the prayer. Um, and so the Madikis considered it makru. The way the Moroccans got out of it was to have the mu'adhan do the dua <laughs> instead of the imam. So, but the Hanafis, it's, I think it's mandub, right? Yeah, so, and that's why you often find when the Hanafis lead the prayer, they tend to always do some kind of dua, the imam at the end. So this is a khilaf issue between the imams. But he goes on to show that, you know, that, that this is action and there's nothing uh, that says that they can't do it. And so he says, um,
So he says, "Under Ayyaban Najara al-Amal al-Du'a al-Bara Sarwa, Ziyarat Qabr al-Mayyid Sabiha." So they also used to visit the the dead person on the seventh day in Andalusia. This was uh, a practice that the Andalusian Muslims did. So on the seventh day, like they have the fortieth day, I think in uh, they do a khatam or something on the fortieth day in Pakistan and places. So these are types of araf. They're norms that people uh, do as practices, um, and and so he says. Uh, he says, قال الشيخ الشيوخ ابن لبن لم يزل الدعاء أدبار الصروات المفروضة معمولا به في جميع أقطار الأرض. This is something that people all over the world do. Like Ibn Lubbin is saying, this is something Muslims do everywhere. أو جلها من غير نكيرا إلا ما قد سلف. And and people don't reject it, right? Except for, you know, what, what was previously mentioned. So a man from, uh, a man came to Granada, uh, and, and he was named. And, and he really was vociferous about his attacks on doing this dua after the prayer. And he was followed by a little group that used to uh, read with him. He was a scholar, so he comes to town. This happens in our communities, right? You get this scholar that comes to town, a little group settles around him, and suddenly they're attacking all the things that they, they're doing in the masjid. Like, what's what's Barat uh, Sha'ban? What do they call that? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, Nus Sha'ban. In Pakistan, what do they call it? Shabi Barat, yeah. So you have the masjid, and they're doing Shabi Barat, and then the, the, the new sheikh comes to town, he's got a little, A'udhu Billah, Bid'a. Tell them they shouldn't do that. And then it becomes a fitna. The ulama differed on, on Nusfu Sha'ban. Imam Malik didn't act according to it. But Awza'i said it was something the Salaf, in Sham. So this is an early Salafi act. So, and to say otherwise is to ignore a, a rich historical tradition of proof for these things. So, this is where if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But don't condemn others for doing it, who have their do it. So, this little group comes to town. This little group joins this man who's come to town. He would be teaching in the masjid. When they finished their masjid, they would all flee out of the masjid so they didn't have to pray behind the imam who was going to do the dua at the end of the prayer. And then he said, uh, he said, وَإِن صَلَّ أَحَدُهُمَا خَلْفَهُمْ قَامَ بِنَفَسِ مَا يُسَلِّمُ الْإِمَامُ مُسْرِعًا مَدْعُورًا and, and, and if one of them did pray behind the imam, with the same breath the imam is saying, Salaamu Alaikum, he's leaving the masjid. So he doesn't hear the dua. And then he says, As if he's afraid that the dua is going to, to cause some bodily harm to him. Or he gets like, you know, he gets a sliver or something. Or breaks a tooth. And then he mentioned other things that people do in this Andalusian land, like the seventh day, going to the, the grave of the dead person. And his followers were even worse than him in condemning these things. Often the followers are worse than the actual sheikh in these things. 
وأنا راجع من تصبيح قبر إذ ذاك أتفعل هذا وهو كفر This is Ibn Lubbin I mean you have to realize this man was considered like Sheikh al-Shiyukh in Andalusia and he's coming back from the grave on the seventh day and one of this guy's followers said you're doing this and it's kufr I mean this is how far some of these people go to make takfir of people that do these things فَانْظُرْ تَسْفِيهَا هَذَا وَإِنْكَارَهُمْ عَلَى شَيْخَ الشَّيُوخِ إِبْنِ لُبِّنْ Look at how, the, you know, the, these people deem these things, uh, you know, uh, like foolishness, and these shiuch rejecting uh, uh, the teacher of teachers, Ibn Lubbin. الَّذِي نَحْنُوا عَلَى فَتَاوِيهِ فِي الْاَعْتِقَادِ وَالْحَلَالِ وَالْحَرَامِ We follow his fatawa in belief and in the halal and the haram wa ala madhhabihi fal ayman al lazimati wa ghayriha min ahkam al dima'i wa rankihati wa taraqi fi ma qusara amrihi annahu mubahun ma ma'khdhi muqalladihi so he's saying you know this is we got our religion from this man and look at how these people treat are treating him And he said, وَالْقَائِرِ فِي حَلَالِ وَالْحَأَنُّهُ إِذَا جَرَى عَمْرٌ بِقَوْنٍ مَرْجُوحٍ فِي النَّظْرِ أَنْهُ لَا يُعَرِّدُ لِلنَّاسِ فِي ذَلِكَ So if something is, is marjuh, if, 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 if they have a delil, but it's not as strong, but this is what the people are doing, then you're not supposed to, uh, to uh, confront them about these things. Just leave them in their actions. وَنْظُرْ أَيْضًا مِمَّا جَرَبِي الْعَمَلْ وَرَشَحُوا الْفُضَرَى the same thing about talqeen is when when you put the body of the dead person into the grave um, in the Shafi'i madhab yulaqinuhu and some of the Hanafis also uh, uh, say that but I don't think it's it's not the general practice yeah the Hanafis and Maliki shada but talqeen is something uh, that that uh, there's evidence for it and 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 Qadi Abu Bakr ibn al-Arabi said that it was a good thing and it was the fi'l of Ahl al-Madina وصالحين من الأخيار وكذلك قراءة ياسين خرجه أبو داود وغيره ورشحه الأئمة وتأول ما ورد عن الإمام Also reading Yasin for the dead This is something that Abu Dawood relates a hadith in it اقرأوا ياسين على موتاكم and, and, and this is something that imams have preferred and they interpreted Imam Madik saying not to do it Right? وَقَدْ كُنْتُ سُئِلْتُ عَنْ بَعْضُ عَنْ بَعْضُ فُقَهَاءِ الْبَادِيَةِ يَتَوَرَّعُ عَنْ الْقِرَاءَةِ عَلَى الْقَبْرِ ثُمَّ آلَ حَالُهُ إِلَى أَنْ قَامَ قَارِئٌ يَقْرَأْ عَلَى قَبْرٍ انْتَهَرَهُ بِعُنْثٍ وَوَكَسُهُ بِيَدِهِ وَكُنْتُ قَبْلَ ذَلِكَ جَاوَبْتُ بِأَنَّ هَذَا لَيْسَ بِمَقَامِهِ وَيَجِبُ أَدَبُهُ لأنه سفه جميع الأئمة الذين تأولوا اللفظ الوارد عن الإمام وأدخل على الناس شغبا في دينهم وحيرة في نفوسهم وسوء ظن في مفتيهم ما شد منهم أحد لأنهم ما غضب منهم أحد هذا الغضب ولا احتسب هذه الحسبة ولا احتسب هذه الحسبة ولكن على كل ساقة ناقطة رشحت لهذا المحتسب حسبته رشحت لهذا المحتسب حسبته وزاد في التبديع والطعن في الحديث والإنكار حتى كتب إلي إمام قرية دركل يذكر غيرته علي وما هو يجده في نفسه من التشنيع علي ورغب مني كأنه يستفهمني هل لي حجة أو كان ذلك مني زلة 
فكتبت إليه رسالة ألا يجد في نفسه من معترضا علي فإن عقيدتي بنسبة لمعارضي ألا أزيده على السلام إلا السلام امتثالا لأمر الله ثم أقول الحمد لله الحمد لله اقتداء بالحسن so he says that I was asked by one of the fuqaha in the Badia who didn't think you should pray at the grave uh, to read Quran at the grave and, and it got to such a point where somebody was reading the Quran at, at a grave, he condemned him violently and then actually hit him. And, 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 and I had been asked before about that and I said that he had no right to do that. And in fact that he should be disciplined, like have some kind of uh, punitive punishment. Because he's basically uh, attacking all of the great imams that... Uh, didn't agree with what came from Imam Malik. They interpreted otherwise. And he's also created uh, confusion in the religion of people and, per, uh, and caused perplexity to, to, uh, uh, to affect their souls and a bad opinion of the mufti that, uh, that told them to do it. And, and, and nobody disagreed with this. And, and even the ones that did disagree, they, they never got angry like this. Uh, and nor did they uh, do their Amr bin Ma'roof like this, but every fallen thing finds a, 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 another fallen thing. You know, for every fallen thing, there's somebody that finds it. And then he said, uh, this man even started making more tabdi' and ta'an, like he, calling us mubtida' and attacking us, um, and to the point where the imam of the village, he, he, he felt some for me, you know, like, because he's a scholar, so he felt bad about it. So he, he asked, you know, do you find something, do you have trouble in your soul, you know, it's really bothering me, as if he's asking me, do you have a hujja for this? You know, do you have a proof, or was that a mistake of mine? And so I wrote back to him a letter, and I said, I find nothing in myself about these people that do these things. Because how... People that disagree with me, my view about them is salam and salama from the Quran. Because he's on his dalil, he's a alim. He's a alim. So if somebody's attacking him, his view is salam and salama. You're just an ignorant person, and Allah says to ignorant people, say salam. Even if the person's learned, he's ignorant that he's not permitted to attack other people. Uh, who have their deleels. Because this is my knowledge. وكذلك الخبر الآخر الصحي أيضا عن أمر بن العاص قال إذا دفنتموني فأقيموا حول قبري قدر ما تنحر جزور ويقسم لحمها حتى أستأنس بكم وأنظروا بما أراجع به رسول ربي which is in the صحيح so this is in صحيح مسلم كتاب الإيمان he says I I said to him woe unto you يا ولي في الله Right? Because the, the mu'minun are awliya, ba'adahum. Right? Ba'adah. 
The believers are awliya of each other, we're allies of one another. So he's saying, Ya waliyi fillah, oh my ally in, in, with God, right? He's, he's calling him, oh, you're my ally, you're supposed to support me. He said, beware that you should have any doubts in your heart or, 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 or deem in any way that the dead, once they're put in their grave and their companions leave after burying them, that they, that they don't hear, don't have any doubt that they hear the sound of their footprints. That's a hadith sahih that the Prophet said. They hear khafaqan the sound of their footprints as they leave the grave. And the angels come to ask them. And also the sahih hadith, khabar, from Amr bin al-As. He said, if you bury me, then stick around my grave as long as it takes to sacrifice a camel and to distribute the, uh, the meat amongst you so that I can, aesthetics, like I can feel my companions, I'll feel... The, 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 the intimacy of my friends around my grave. And then I can think about how I'm going to answer the questions to the angels. This is Amr ibn Sahih Muslim. He said, you know, stick around, sacrifice a camel. You know, I'm in my grave, but I'm going to feel comfortable with all of you up there. Right? Look at his exalted rank. And Ibn Arabi and Abd al-Haq are preferred, as far as I'm concerned, over those who, who attack them or who disagree with them. And the Nas is for Ibn al-Arabi, the great Qadi. It, it is recommended that when a man is put into his grave, that you give him talqeen. In other words, you recite to him the answers to the angels. If they say, من, من say, say Allah, Rabbi Allah, right? So give them talqeen. And then he said, and then Ibn al-Arabi said, It's recommended. And this is something the people of Medina used to do and the righteous amongst the best of people. Because Allah said, remind the believers, because the believers are benefited by reminders. And, and no one is more uh, needful of a reminder than when he's in his grave before the angels ask him questions. Because you have, uh, in tests, you get anxiety, you forget the answers. You might know them, but you're so anxious that you forget them. وَلِتَعْنَمْ يَا وَلِيِّ فِي اللَّهِ أَنَّ الْمَيِّدْ فِي قَبْرِهِ كَالْغَرِيقِ يَنْتَظُرُ رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ And know, O oh my ally in God, that the dead in his grave is like a drowner waiting for the mercy of Allah or some prayer. دَعْوَةً إِذَا لَحِقَتْهُ كَانَتْ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا فِيهَا فَإِيَّاكَ يَا وَلِيِّ فِي اللَّهِ ثُمَّ إِيَّاكَ أَن and so he says, No, O my Allah and God, that the one in the grave is like a drowner waiting for the mercy of God or waiting for some prayer that will save him. And this will be more beloved to him than the dunya and what's in it. And beware, O my Allah and God, 
And then beware that you have any doubt, any doubt enters your mind, that the book of Allah is the most secure intercessor, it's, it's the most trustworthy intercessor, it is the wealthiest of wealth, and it is a giver of gifts, virtuous in its giving, and that you do not ask for rain and the mercy of God ever with anything more hopeful than the book of Allah and rahmah, if it, if it descends, everybody gets it. The, the good, the bad, the ugly, they all get it. حدثني شيخ المنثوري قال حدثني شيخ الشيوخي بن لبن قال خطر لي خاطر خيرا والعاصي قد يخطر له خاطر خيرا فأردت أن أجعل على نفسي وظيفة من ذكر أو تلاوة وتردت في أي أفضل في أي أفضل فأنشدت في النوم إذا الأحباب فاتهم التلاقي فما صدتهم بأنفع من كتابي So شيخ المنثوري told him that شيخ الشيوخ ابن لب told him one time I had a good thought, and then he said, and even, even disobedient people sometimes have good thoughts, like he, out of his humility. He's saying, even I could have a good thought. A khatr is like a, a gift from God, if it's a khatr khayr. And he said, I wanted to give myself some kind of wadifa, some type of uh, regular practice in dhikr or tilawa. And I was thinking, which is the best that I should do? Because he's in that highest maqam of doing the best. And so he said, I found myself saying in my dream, when lovers are not able to meet, the best thing they have to, to send is a book, a kitab, in other words, a letter. And so he said, I understood from that that the book of Allah is the best thing. Because it's the message from God. So if you're not with God, the next best thing is to read his letter that he sent to you. Like, because lovers, like, they'll read the same letter over and over again, right? I mean, now it's texting, and you can just keep texting, and just, so all these things have been lost on people. But it used to be, you know, a letter came, and it was a big thing. Now it's just emoticons, right? When I woke up, I realized recitation of the Quran was the best. وفي الصحيحين البخاري ومسلم والترمذي بين رجل يقرأ سورة الكهف إذ رأى رأى دابته تركض فنظر فإذا مثل الغمامة أو السحابة فأتى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فذكر ذلك له فقال له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تلك السكينة أنزلت مع القرآن متفق عليه أن الترمذي very strong حديث a man was reciting سوره الكهف and, and, and then he saw his dabba, his, like his camel or whatever he was riding, his horse, started to run away. And then he looked and he saw something like mist. And then he went to the Prophet and he told him that. And he said, this is the Sakina, the Shakina, this is the Sakina descending with the recitation of Qur'an. So this is, this is uh, one of the, the Sakina is, is, a, is, a, is a type of tajalli of the divine that enters in uh, to the world. It's the quality of stillness. وفي الحديث الصحيح إن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ما اجتمع قوما يتلون كتاب الله ويتدارسونه بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة وغشيتهم الرحمة وذكرهم الله في من عنده وزاد ابن حبيب وأظلتهم الملائكة بأجنحتها واستغفروا لهم. So in the sound hadith, a group will never get uh, uh, gather in a house uh, 
not gather to read in one riwayah in Sahih Muslim it says a house and house of Allah in one it says just gathering to read the Quran the book of Allah and to study it amongst themselves yatadarasunahu to discuss it really amongst themselves except that sakina descends this tranquility descends and rahma envelops them mercy envelops them and God makes mention of them uh, in his gathering and then he said Ibn Habib uh, included and the angels uh, enveloped them with their wings, put them in the shade of their wing, and asked forgiveness for them. So he's talking to this man, this is a letter. So when these things happen, everybody gets it. فيهم فلان عبد خطاء إنما مر فجلس معهم فيقول الجليل جلاله وله قد غفرت هم القوم لا يشقى بهم جليسهم and then there's there's another hadith and this is affirmed by another sound hadith where they they say to Allah the angels the سيارة who go looking for the places where people gather for ذكر like inshallah this is one of them بإذن الله uh, they go and they're like lights. They look down on the earth and it's like they see stars. Like we see stars in the sky. They see the dhikr. And that's why just like in this modern time, the stars are being put out from artificial lights. These, uh, these lights on the earth are being put out from artificial lights. Instead of doing dhikr and doing these things, people are, are uh, wasting their lives doing other things. So he says, there's a sinful servant amongst them. He simply passed by and sat with them. And the exalted says, I've forgiven him also because these are people that even the one sitting with them is not forsaken. So the Prophet said in the sound hadith about the blessing of gathering and reciting for somebody that no Muslim dies and, and 40 men will stand in funeral prayer for him that don't associate anything with Allah except Allah will make them intercessors for him. حدثني شيخ المنتوري his teacher عن الأستاذ أبي عمر عن الأستاذ أبي الحسن القرطبي عن الراوية أبي عمر بن حوط الله عن القاضي أبي الخطاب عن أبي القاسم ابن بشكوال عن أبي محمد بن يربوع عن أبي محمد بن خزرج عن أبي محمد الخزرجي قال أخبرني أبو عبد الله القروي في المشجد الجامع بقرطبة قال كنت بمصر فأتاني نعي أبي فوجدت عليه وجدا شديدا فبلغ ذلك الشيخ أبو الطيب بن غلبون المقري فوجه بي فأتيته فجعل يصبرني ويذكرني ثواب الصبر على المصيبة والرزية ثم قال لي ارجع إلى ما هو أعود عليك وعلى الميت من أفعال البر والخير مثل الصدقة وما شاكلها وأمرني أن أقرأ عنه قل هو الله أحد أحد عشر مرة so he gives this riwayah and there's a blessing in mentioning their names and he says that um, Sheikh al-Minturi 
heard this that uh, Sheikh uh, that uh, Abu Abdullah Al Qarawi was in the Masjid Al Jami' in Qurtuba, and he said, "I had been in Egypt." So he's telling this story, the Sheikh. I had been in Egypt, and somebody came to let me know that my father had died, and I I was emotionally grieved by this. Like I, he said, he really found wajdan shadida. He became very distraught emotionally about this. And so his sheikh, somebody told Sheikh Abu Tayyib bin Ghalbun and Muqri that, that he was very upset. So he, he told me to come. So I went to him and he started telling me, be patient. And he was giving me reminders about the reward of patience when, when calamities afflict. And then he said, go back to what you were doing of good. And, 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 uh, and also that your father used to do from righteousness, bir and khayr, like charity and those type of things. And then he told me, and read for him, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ 10 times every night as, a, as something to give to your father. And then he said, وَحَدِّثُكَ فِي ذَارِكِ بِحَدِيثِ I'll tell you a story about that. قَالَ كَانَ رَجُلٌ مَعْرُوهٌ بِالْخَيْرِ وَالْفَضْرِ فَرَآ فِي مَنَامِي كَأَنُوا فِي مَقْبَرَةِ مَصْرَةِ وَكَأَنَّ النَّاسِ قَدْ نُشِرُوا فِي مَقَابِرِهِمْ وَكَأَنَّهُ مَشَى خَلْفُهُمْ لِيَسْأَلَهُمْ عَنَ الشَّيْءِ الَّذِي أَوْجَبَ نُهُوضُهُمْ إِلَى الْجِهَةِ الَّتِي تَوَجَّهُ إِلَيْهَا فَوَجَدَ رَجُلًا عَلَى حُفْرَتِهِ قَدْ تَخَلَّفَ عَنْ جَمَاعَتِهِمْ فَسَأَلُهُ عَنِ الْقَوْمِ إِلَى أَيْنَ يُرِيدُونَ فَقَالَ إِلَى رَحْمَةٍ جَاءَتْهُمْ يَقْتَسِمُونَهَا فَقَالَ فَهَلَّا مَضَيْتَ مَعَهُمْ قَالَ إِنِّي قَدْ قَنَعْتُ بِمَا يَأْتِينِي مِنْ وَلَدِي عَنْ عَنْ أَنْ أَنْ أُقَاسِمُهُمْ فِيمَا يَأْتِيهِمْ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَقُلْتُ لَهُ وَمَا الَّذِي يَأْتِيكَ مِنْ وَلَدِكَ قَالَ يَقْرَأُ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ مَرَّةٍ وَيَهْدِي إِلَيَّ ثَوَابَهَا فَذَكَرَ الشَّيْخُ ابْنُ غَلْبُونَ أَنَّهُ مِنْذُ سَمِعَ هَذِهِ الْحِكَايَةِ كَانَ يَقْرَأُ عَنْ وَارِدَيْهِ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ عَشَرَ مَرَّاتٍ عن كل واحد منهما ولم يزل بهذه الحالة إلى أن مات أبو العباس الخياط فجعل يقرأ كل ليلة قل هو الله أحد عشر مرات ويهدي إليه ثوابها قال الشيخ بن غلبون فمكثت على هذا مدة ثم عرض لي فتور قطعني عن ذلك فرأيت أبو العباس في النوم فقال لي يا أبا طيب لما قطعت ذلك السكر الخالص الذي كنت توده به إلينا فانتبهت من منامي فقلت السكر الخالص كلام الله وإنما كنت أوجه إليه ثواب قره الله وحاد فجعلت أقرأها عنه. So he said that he was he was in Egypt. He had a dream and he was in Egypt and he saw people coming out of their graves and they were all going somewhere and he wanted to know what was causing them to do this and there was one man that was in his grave and he wasn't going out with the group. And so he asked that man, where are they going? And he said, they're going to Rahmah, mercy that's being distributed. And, and then, then I said, why don't you go with them? He said, I'm content with the mercy I'm getting from my, my child. And I don't need to go and fight over this other mercy. And uqasimuhum, like I try to get from theirs. Uh, from what comes from the Muslims. So I said to him, what comes from your child? And he said, he reads every day for me, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ 11 times. And يَهْدِي إِلَيَّ ثَوَابًا He gives me the reward. And Shaykh ibn Ghalbun said, 
Since the time I heard that story, I used to recite from my parents, both of them, every day, ten times, on each one of them. And I continued to do this uh, until, uh, until Abu Abbas al-Khayyat died. died. And then, and then uh, I would recite every night for him uh, and give him the reward of that. And then he said, and then over time I started getting tired and I stopped doing it. And then I saw Abu Abbas al-Khayyat in a dream. And he said to me, Abu Tayyib, why did you stop giving me that pure sugar that you used to give to me? And when I woke up, I realized that the pure sugar was the words of Allah. And that I was giving him the reward of that. And so I, I started reciting it again. Ibn Rushdin in his fatwa said, إِذَا قَرَى الرَّجُلُ وَوَهَبَ ثَوَابَ قِرَاءَةِ لِمَيِّتِ جَازَ ذَلِكَ وَحَصَلَ لِلْمَيِّتِ أَجْرُهُ وَحَصَلَ لَهُ نَفْعُهُ He said, if you, if a man recites and gives uh, what that, the, the reward of that recitation to a dead person, it's permissible for him to do that, and he'll get the, the dead person will get the reward, and, and he'll benefit from that also. And then he said, وَانْظُرْ إِذَا كَانَتَ الْقِرَاءَةُ عِنْدَ الْقَبْرِ فَقَدْ تَقَدَّمَ أَنَّ سَبَبْ نُزُورَ الرَّحْمَةِ هِيَ أَرْجَ لِلنَّفْعِ وَلِوَجْهٍ آخر قاله العلماء من ديوان ابن يونس ما نصه أرواح المؤمنين خاصة تطلع قبورها ومواضع رميم أجسادها ذاهبة وراجعة تكريمة من الله ولذلك أمر رسول الله بالتسليم على القبور وبزيارتها نقر ابن يونس So he said look at if you recite at the grave and the علماء uh, in the Diwan of Ibn Yunus, one of the great Maliki Fuqaha, he said, the, the spirits of the believers uh, are able to ascend their graves. So they can actually come out of their graves. And, and Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah mentions this in Kitab al-Ruh also, that the, the awliya are able to, they have a type of uh, mobility after they die that other people don't have. Um, and they can come and go. And this is a gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them. And for that reason, the Prophet said to give salam to the, the people of the graves, to visit them. This is what Ibn Yunus said. So now he goes back to visiting on the seventh day. In Sharh al-Bukhari. So in al-Bukhari, Ibn Tawus said that they used to go on the seventh day, the Salaf, and visit the dead person. And Ibn Batal, one of the most important commentators of Al-Bukhari, that is constantly quoted after him by, by Nawawi and Al-Aini and all the Ibn Hajar, they all quote him. So he says they used to do that. And he said, These are imams that we believe them and trust them. And we would take from them before we take from others. So if they said we can do it, then we're going to do it. وَلَمَّا تَكَرَمَ أَبُوْ عَمَرْ فِي شَحْحَ مُوَاطَعَ عَلَى قَوْلِ حِينَ خَرَجَ إِلَى الْقُبُورِ قَالَ السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ حِينَ قَدِمَ مِنْ سَفْرٍ فَقَامَ عَلَى بَابِ عَائِشَ فَقَالَ السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكِ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكِ يَا أَبَا بَكْرًا السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكِ يَا أَبَتِي Aisha, if she came from a journey, she used to go to the Prophet ﷺ and she would say, السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ يَا رَسُولُ Uh, this is, sorry, this is, Ibn Omar used to say that. Um, yeah. 
Ibn Umar used to say, he would go and visit the Prophet and he would say salam to the Prophet and then to Abu Bakr and then to his father. Uh, he, he, would, he would say to people, don't you, say salam so you'll, they'll return your salam to you. And that's in the tamheed. وقال أبو عمر هذا كثير جدا في الأخبار وذهب إليه أكثر أهل العلم واستدلوا عليه بقوله ما أنتم بأسمع منهم. The Prophet said you don't hear better than they do when he was talking to the people uh, in, the, in the graves at Badr when they were in the well. Uh, what, and, and, and he said, he mentions this many times in the istithkar. وَقَالَ ibn Arabi. Allah. It, that it's, it's permissible to visit the graves. وَقَدْ ثَبَتَ أَنَّ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه خَرَجُ بِأَمْرِ رَبِّي إِلَىٰ أَهْلَ الْبَقِيعِ يَسْتَغْفِرُ لَهُمْ And we know in the Sahih, in, in Muslim, the Prophet was told to go out and visit Baqi' and pray for them. And, and Ibn al-Arabi in his commentary, he said, had he wanted, he could have told him to stay in his house and pray for them. Why did he say go to the graveyard and pray for them? He said Allah wanted to, to make this a practice of the Muslims. And so the Prophet did it so that we could do it after him. He used to visit, Muhammad bin Wasi' used to visit the graves every uh, Jumu'ah. And he would say that, they said, why don't you visit on Mondays? He said, because I heard that the dead are told about their visitors on Friday, that you're going to get these visitors. And, and on the day before and the day after, Imam Baji, the great Andrusian muhaddid, said and faqih when Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad died she said bring, bring his uh, beer by me because uh, uh, I think it's Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas probably Allahu alam. but she said bring his beer beside me she wanted to see him she could have made dua for him, but she said, bring, when you go, take him to the graveyard, pass by me, because she wanted to see him. Because in seeing him, it's going to make you even stronger in wanting to pray for them. That's why we go to the janais, and it's not enough just to pray for them in our homes, but to actually witness the, the burial. And Ibn Arafah also said that it was uh, mandub to recite at the grave based on the hadith of the Jaridatain where the Prophet took the, uh, these two people were being punished in their grave. Because one, because he didn't guard himself from urine and the other because he, he was neglectful in his wudu. And so the Prophet put two uh, moist palm uh, frauds on, on the graves, and he said, as, as long as these don't dry up, maybe Allah will be easy on them in their grave. And, وَقَدْ وَرَدَ الْأَثَرْ عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بِنْ عُمَرِ أَوْصَى عِنْدَ مَوْتِي أَنْ يُقْرَى مِنْ سُورَةِ الْبَقْرَى عِنْدَ دَفْنِهِ and Ibn Omar asked for Surah Al-Baqarah to be read when he was buried. 
That's on, it's in the Sunan of Bayhaqi. You know, I mean, people are neglectful of these things, but they're in the tradition. People think that the, the Muslims just invented these things. You know, these modern Muslims, they think Muslims just invented these things. They're, you know, they had proofs for them. These are fada'il a'mal. They're extra things. And that's why they didn't make a big deal. Maybe it was weak. But they saw, you know, it's a good thing. And then he says that about the hadith, اِقْرَأُوا يَاسِينَ عِنْدَ مَوْتَاكُمْ هُوَ خَبْرٌ مَشْهُورٌ خَرَّجُوا غَيْرُ وَاحِدٍ مِنَ الْإِمَّةِ This is famous. Abu Dawood relates it. And he said, وَمَا ذُكِرَ فِيهِ مَغْمَزَ and, and those who challenge this or attack it, he said, this, this is something that, that uh, you know, it, it should arouse in us some kind of, you know, what's up with that? Like, why are they condemning that? Everybody knows that the ulama considered a good thing. It's it's conceivable that you do it when he dies, and it's conceivable that you do it at his gravesite. And Imam Laqami mentioned that it was encouraged to do that, and they can, Ibn Rushd, Ibn Yunus, and others also encouraged these things. And he goes on that this is the, the madhab of the imams. Uh, look at what Imam Shihabuddin al-Qarafi said. Uh, there's no doubt, there's no difference of opinion that the blessing of Quran will reach the dead. Also being buried next to a righteous person is beneficial to you. Uh, but as for the reward of the qira'ah in other words there, the blessing is there there's no doubt because anybody who says the Quran doesn't have barakah you know it's kufr but does the reward get to him he said that's where the difference of opinion is he said that it's important to remember this, this, this should not be uh, you know, set aside that it's, it's likely that the reward will reach the dead because these are unseen matters and, and this is not a khilaf about a hukum shar'i this is not a khilaf about a legal ruling. It's just about, is, is it this or is it that? Does he get the reward or doesn't he? That's the debate. And also saying, La ilaha illallah, that many people do now when, when there's a funeral, they all say, La ilaha illallah. We should do these things and trust in the bounty of Allah that He's merciful. The, the, the grace of God should be sought in every possible thing. فَقَدْ تَحْصُرُ مِمَّا قَرَطْتُهُ أَنَّ شَتَّانَ بَيْنَ مَنْ هُوَ عَلَى عَمْرٍ تَحَمَّلَ عُهْدَتُهُ مَوْثُوقٌ بِعِلْمِهِ وَدِينِهِ أَنَّهُ مَشْرُوعٌ وَبَيْنَ مَنْ هُوَ عَلَى مُبَاحٍ لَا قَائِلَ إِنَّهُ مَشْرُوعٌ وَلَكِنْ قَدْ يَصِيرُ الْمُبَاحُ مَكْرُمَةً 
أو مكرمة بنسبة كقول مالك. So he said, in the end, look, what a big difference is the one who acts according, who acts upon something, does an action, the responsibility of which trustworthy scholars have taken it upon themselves that it's a good action to do. So you're following trustworthy scholars that it's mashru'a, that it's permissible to do that. And between the one who's just doing some permissible thing that nobody said anything about. And then he says, and sometimes permissible things can become noble deeds. Look at what Malik said. Imam Malik in Tartil, and this is a riwayah that Qad Ayyad relates. Imam Malik said, if I thought my heart would be rectified by sitting on a garbage heap, I would do it. We know our sharia doesn't have any purpose about sitting on a garbage heap. There's no end in our sharia about sitting on a garbage heap. But if it was to rectify the heart, that's done by the niyyah. So it changes the action. This is Malamatiya used to do these things. Some of them would literally sit on garbage heap. There was a famous minister in Fez, Sidi Ali al-Jamal. He was literally a minister. He's filled with arrogance. And he, he had a massive conversion experience. He went to one of the sheikhs and he forced him to sit. This was somebody who was known for his arrogance and he mistreated a lot of people. He forced him to sit outside of Fez. There was a garbage heap and he had to sit on the garbage heap and beg. <laughs> and it broke his nafs. And, and his, his student became one of the greatest uh, awliya of the, of the later period in Morocco and came from him multitudes of rightly guided people. So I'm not telling him to do that. But, you know, in Mauritania, when they finished memorizing the Quran, they used to have the students go and beg from wealthy families just to humble them because... I finished the Quran, they'd feel really proud. They would make them go beg in a bowl to humiliate themselves. So, this is the sixth maqam, that you're doing good things even if there's difference of opinion about them. Right? So the ulama differed about them, but, but you're, not do, you're doing good things. The fifth maqam, and these are shorter, but I want to get through them. I really want to finish today, so it's not much more time. As far as the mufti gives the fatwa, it's permissible. So these are about permissible things that become noble deeds based on your intention. This is the fifth maqam. You're doing permissible things, but because you have a good intention, they become... Good deeds. So for instance, he says, If you have an intention about a permitted thing and, and you don't have one about a virtue, then the permitted thing is better for you. So the example of that is 
that you have a niya about eating and drinking and sleeping. He wants to sleep so he'll be stronger, give his soul some rest, so he can be stronger in his ibadah uh, in the future. And And he doesn't feel like praying or fasting at the time he feels like sleeping. Then sleep and eating is better for him in that situation. Because his intention is to do it in order to want to pray and fast and do these things. This is less than the maqam that I didn't talk a lot about. That he should seek out in this maqam uh, those mubahat that will help him acquire a brittleness in his heart. Like visiting places where righteous people are or drinking from the qadah of the Prophet or uh, preferring the people of Wadr Aqiq, Imam Malik preferred them, Kama Hakam Malikun An Nafsi, Wa Idarati Ibn Omar Naqatu, or Ibn Omar when he took his camel and he moved around, they said, What are you doing? He said, I saw the Prophet do that. They said, There used to be a rock there. He said, I don't care. Yeah, I just saw the Prophet do that. I want to do it. But he did. So he said that. فَهَذَا كُلُّهَا مَقَاسِرُ لِذَاتِهَا تَنْتَظِمُ فِي سِرْكَ الْمَنْدُبَاتِ فَمَا مِنْ مُبَاحٍ إِلَّا يَصِيرُ مَكْرَمَةً بَلْ مَكْرَمَاتِ بِسَبَبَ النِّيَةِ There's no permissible thing except that it can be a noble deed or even more than one because of the intention that you have in doing it. وَالْمَعْصِيَةُ هِيَ الَّتِي لَا تَنْقَدِبُ أَبَدًا مَكْرُمَةً بِسَبَبَ النِّيَّةِ إِلَّا أَنَّهُمْ اسْتَثْنَوا مِنْ هَذَا مَصْلَحَةً شَرْعِيَةً لَمْ تُنَالْ إِلَّا بِمَفْسَدَةٍ دُونَهَا And they accept, they considered, no ma'asiyah can be a good thing unless it's, it's in order to ward off a worse thing. وَعْدُدْ هَذَا مِنَ الْمَقَامِ بَعْدَ هَذَا So now we're in the fourth maqam. أن يقصد بالأمور الخصيصة التوصل بها للمقاصد تضمحله خصة الوسيلة في دمب المقصد المتوصل إليه وقد تقدم أن المعصية إذا كانت تدرأ معصية أعظم فإنها تفعل So this is where you do something that's a low thing but it's in order to, uh, to uh, achieve something that's higher um, because of your, you know, what you're actually trying to get and so he says, sometimes al-ma'asiyah idha kanat tadra ma'asiyatan a'zam, something that is normally unacceptable, if it wards off something that's even worse, then it can be done. Kadkidib bi nisbati li nijati ma'asum al-dam min al-qatri. Like lying in order to save somebody who's uh, going to be unjustly killed. Aw min akhdimari or stealing his wealth. And the sufiyya bal ghayruhum ka imamina marik bi nisbati li salah al-qalb. And like what Imam Madik said about sitting in, on a garbage heap if it w- would rectify his heart. Uh, Ibn Abbad said, إِذَا جَازَلِ مَنْ غَصَّ بِالْلُقْمَةِ مِنْ طَعَامٍ حَلَالًا أَنْ يُسِيغَهَا بِجُرْعَةٍ مِنَ الْخَمْرِ إِذَا لَمْ يَجِدْ غَيْرُهُ مَا أَنَّ تَحْرِيمُهُ مَقْطُعٌ بِهِ وَلَا تَفُوتُ إِلَّا حَيَاةٌ ثَانِيَةٌ فَلِأَنْ يُجَوِّزَ مِثْلَ هَذَا إِذَا تَعَيَّنَ أَوْلَى إِذْ يَفُوتُهُ بِذَارِكَ الْحَيَاةُ الْبَاقِيَةُ 
من الله. So Ibn Abbad said, if it's permissible for somebody who's choking on a morsel of food from halal food to uh, help swallow it by drinking a, a gulp of wine, if he can't find anything else, uh, even though everybody agrees that wine is haram, and, and what he'll lose is his, his fanny life, his, his ephemeral life of the world. So how could you say it's not permissible to do something even more important, that because of it he could lose his eternal life? And then he says, And what's meant by this is those things that somebody on a path to God will use to ward off those things that enter into his heart. Because everybody should be working on their heart with both knowledge and action. As for knowledge, it's like what the hikam of Ibn Atayilah says, النَّاسُ يَمْدَحُونَكَ بِمَا يَظُنُّونَ فِيكَ People praise you because what they think is good about you. You should blame yourself because of what you know about yourself. And from the ignorance of a seeker of God is that he will leave what he's certain in himself about for the opinions of others. Those things that, as for the amal, it's those things that will remove otherness from his heart. Uh, and So doing permissible things without uh, avidity or covetousness in order to strengthen oneself in obedience is a type of worship. In fact, it could be an obligation, like sleeping after... Uh, staying awake uh, for a long time, so you, you need a lot of rest. Or eating or drinking after being hungry or thirsty that's affected your health. And, 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 and I'll expand more on this. And Tajuddin said, Perhaps lights will descend upon you, but they will find your heart filled with images. And so they leave from where they came. Because your heart can't take them. The light needs a pure, polished heart to reflect. And then he said, Empty your heart from otherness. And, and he will fill your heart with knowledge and secrets. And from this is audition for those who say it's permissible. You know, what, the, what we saw the other night, hearing poetry and things like that. And, and Abdul Ghani Nabrusi, Imam al-Ghazali, permitted it with instruments even, some of the great ulama. كَانَ مَوْضُوعُهُ زَمَنَ السَّرَفْ لِحَظَّ الْأَنفُسِ in the early period, this was something that the egos uh, were after because of the delights of listening to singing and in the times of happiness. And so the fuqaha were very opposed to this. Asbagh, the great Maliki scholar, said, 
that singing or music should only be in a wedding with women. There's a khilaf. Some said that the men could also have that, but generally it was for the women. Biddafi or dufi wal kabar. Al kabar is the the two-sided drum. So the duff is like the one-sided, the tambourine type. And then tambour is the tambourine, but the duff. And then the, the kabar was, had two sides, so they hit on both sides. So he said the, uh, having a duff and a kabar, hamalan, you know, leave them to their own devices, whatever they want to do with it, they can do. Or they can do dhikr like they do the igyaun in Mauritania. They, they go to the wedding and they sing la ilaha illallah and other things. So they can sing poetry, doesn't have hamalan, you know, doesn't have to be dhikr. Or they can do dhikr, aw tasbihan, aw tahmidan, ala mahada, on those things that are permissible uh, the, uh, uh, to do. Or reciting poetry, uh, nothing with a munkar in it, something bad, or too, going on for too long of a time where it becomes neglectful. Ibn Rushd said, we, we don't differentiate between men and women in this. They both can do it. Ibn al-Arabi says, as for Asbaq saying only women can do this, or that somebody who is a notable can't do this. He said, this, we, we don't accept this. It's facet. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's invalid. The Prophet himself heard a, a drum being, being beat. Nobody is more notable than the Prophet So this idea that a notable couldn't do that is false. And this goes not only for weddings, but also for gatherings of Muslims, for their Eids, for the times when they gather for happiness. And then he says... Like when a liqudum ghaibin, or wiladatin, or khitan, like when somebody's born, you can have a, you know, the women get together and have these uh, baby showers and things like that, which they should do after, not before. You know, because you never know what happens. It's not good to do that. It should be done after. Um, because it's just more depression for the person. They have all these things and something happened in the pregnancy. Um, but if they do those things, so, and then he said, uh, or they memorize the Quran, or because some virtuous person's there and they're happy. Um, and then he said, أو شوق إلى وارد أو طمع أو يأس أو وحشة أو استئناس أو وفاء بعهد أو نقض عهد أو خوف فراق أو فرح بوصال أو غير ذلك مما يشتمل عليه لبد السماع لا بد أن يوافق بعضها حال السامع في مطبه. So when you're listening to the audition, they recite different things. So you're going to hear blame. You're going to hear uh, meeting with the, or somebody who left or nearness and farness or a desire for something that's lost or a, a thirst uh, to see somebody, something you're waiting for, or a desire for somebody to come, or some covetousness, uh, or yes, despair, or wahsha, uh, loneliness, or istinas, intimacy, or wafa'an bi'ahad, or somebody who fulfills his oath, or somebody who breaks his oath, or f afraid of being separated from somebody, 
or joy over uh, uh, reconnecting with somebody and other things. So these are all the things that are going to be in the poetry. So he's saying something is going to affect the person because everybody's in different states. And that's the purpose of, of sama' is to affect the heart. So the likeness of this is like a flint that strikes uh, the, 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 and ignites the heart. That's what sama' is supposed to do. فَيَكُونُ لَهُ مَجَارُ رَحْبًا فِي تَنْزِيلِ الْأَلْفَاضِ عَلَىٰ أَحْوَارِهِ فَإِنْ كَانَ الْغَارِبُ عَلَىٰ سَامِعِ حَوًا مُحَرَّمًا فَيُهَيِّجُهُ هَذَا السَّمَاءُ إِلَىٰ السَّعِي فِي الْحَرَامِ But if the person is not well, and he's got uh, haram desires, then the sama' can actually encourage him to do the haram, and go to the haram. Or if he has permissible desires, it might encourage him to do that. Or affect him in desiring something, or fearing losing something, or hoping to meet. All of these things... Uh, can happen, but sama is mubah. Whether whatever the sama, the one listening, happens to him is another thing because those are his states. And then, so there's two things: you can get leather to nafsihi with bi alsafi rabbihi, ولكن في هذا الحال نقص من جهة ما فيه من حظ نفسي. So you can get some pleasure from it, like people have pleasure from music, or you can get something that causes you to connect with the attributes of your Lord. And he said, but there's still deficiency in it because the nafs has a portion of it. So it's not like sama' was something that they were saying was a great thing. But if that's how people get, feel closer to God, it's helpful. And it's been said, whoever knows what they're searching for, uh, it's insignificant, what, what, whatever they expend for it. So when you, when you know what you want, you're willing to, to, to give up things for, for that goal. But it should be clear to you, sama' is not some end goal, neither with the Sufis or with the fuqaha. Then we ask, Is it a means? كثير من العلماء ينكرون أن يكون وسيلة لجد وجميع الصوفية وكثير من العلماء بأحكام لا يتحملون عهدة أنه وسيلة Many of the ulama rejected that it's a means to being serious in your religion All of the Sufis and, and also many of the ulama of the ahkam of Allah they bear responsibility for it as a means قال القشيري في رسالتي إن الرذباري كان أعلم الناس بالطريقة من أصحاب الجنيد. إمام القشيري mentions in his رسالة that Rudhabari was one of the most learned people of the path of Imam Junaid's companions. وقال ليتنا تخلصنا من هذا السماع رأسا برأس. Would that we could get rid of this سماع without distinction. You know, in other words, this type of سماع is good, this type is not just, you know, would that it, we didn't do it at all. وقال ابن سبكي نعتقد أن طريق الجنيد وصحبه طريق مقوم والجنيد يقول السماع فتنة لمن طلبه We believe that the path of Junaid and his companions is a sound, upright path and Imam al-Junaid said سماع, this dhikr with singing and instruments inshad, the type of things that a lot of people do He said it's a fitna for people who seek it out but it's a nice thing if you just happen upon it it's not something you went looking for 
Some of them prohibited that common people should go. Because they can have a bad effect on the fasiq and the, the, the profligate and, and, the, and the foolish ones. And small children. And those who are trying to get some portion uh, of listening to it, it, it shouldn't be hidden that you know their nafs has a portion of that. If he just wants to hear it as a musical thing, then the ulama have nothing to do with that. They're free of that because it's not. In other words, there's a khilaf, but in that there's no khilaf. All of the ulama are against that. Imam al-Tariq al-Junaid li-qawrihi al-Tariq al-Sama' mujarradan huwa min al-Maftunin. Seeking audition just on its own without any purpose from it, these are people that are in fitna. Allahumma in kana kama qal al-Junaid. Illa in kana al-Amma al-Ghawgha. So as for the Ghawgha, and now we're going to get to the last maqams. Three more. Now we're in the Zalimun li-Nafsi. So they're very short, but very interesting. So he says, as for the riffraff, لا حسبة عليهم Don't do any hispa with them. Just leave them alone. وهذا هو المقام الثالث. مقام الغوغاء الذين ليس لهم همة في تحل ولا تخلن حسب هؤلاء أن يقال لهم تحفظوا من الأوتار والمزامير وما عليكم في حسبة. As for the مقام of the rabble, those who have no himma, they have no aspirations, in either adorning themselves with virtue or getting rid of their vice. It's enough for these people just to say to them, watch out from those musical instruments you're listening to, even though we're not going to condemn you. In other words, don't lose your prayer. You know, watch out. All this stuff, all this, you know, all your games that you're playing, you know, your little, what do they call them? Those video centers, playstations. You know, and then you lose all your prayer. You know. So he's saying, watch out. Tahafadum in al-game station. You know, that's what he's saying. Watch out. I'm not telling you don't do it. But watch out. You're wasting your life. Yakunu lahum bihada hinaydin makrama alan mukhalliqin. These people are still, it's nobler what they're doing by wasting their time than those that are doing actual clearly sinful things. So this is the first maqam of the ظالمون لنفسه. He's wasting his time. But at least he's not backbiting or stealing or drinking alcohol, or right? So, يَكُنْ لَهُمْ بِهَادَ حِنِيدًا مَكْرَمَ عَلَى الْمُخَلِّطِينَ وَبِالْجُمْلَةِ فَالْفَتْوَ تَقْتَدِي جَوَازًا تَتَسَبَّبَ الْعَمَّةُ فِيمَا لَا نَفْعٌ فِيهِ وَلَا ضَرٌ The fatwa here... Demands that these people should be allowed to do things that are of no harm and no benefit. Real harm. I mean, they're, they're harmful, but not, not that serious, dangerous harm that puts them in a mortal sin. This is a low thing. And the person that's satisfied with this is even lower. If had he left this thing, he would be in something even worse. This is the criteria. So if he's going to be in something worse, it's better he's in this thing. 
فالرقص واللهو للغوغاء إذا لم يترك لأجله فرضا let them dance let them have their entertainment this is for them the غوغاء lady غاغا إذا لم يترك لأجله فرضا she's actually not in this but it's interesting she has that name غاغا because that's also غوغاء that's another word for these people you know the غاغا lady غاغا as long as they don't think it's ibadah either. It's better than their backbiting. Then the next one. This is the maqam of the mukhallat. Because Allah says, وَآخَرُونَ اَعْتَرَفُوا بِذُنُوبِهِمْ خَلَطُوا عَمْلًا صَالِحًا وَآخَرَ سَيِّئًا they, these are people that admit their sins and they mix good deeds with bad deeds, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions them and Allah an yatuba, right, alayhim. So perhaps Allah will make tawbah on them. So, وَهَذَا الْمَقَامُ أَخَسْ مَقَامُ وَلَكِنْ لَيْسَ قَدْ كَالْمُسْرِفْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ So the, the mukhallit Al-Mubtala is not the same as the Musrif. That's the lowest. So you have these three maqams. The one who's khasis, but he's still in things that aren't really sinful per se. Right? And he's doing his fard. So he's watching TV, but he, he stops in the middle of the football game, turns it off to pray. Right? Got it? Yeah, that's this person. And, but the musrif ala nafsi, that's the lowest. So I've gone down from the highest maqam, now we're down to the musrif ala nafsi. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَةُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ So Allah says to these people, these are the, 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 the worst of the ظَالِمُونَ لِأَنفُسِهِمْ Don't despair of the mercy of Allah. Don't despair. Right? So, so don't. Why? إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَغْفِرَ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ and, and turn back to your Lord and submit to Him. So they're, 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 they're Muslims, but they're not in submission. They're, they're usat, but they're Muslims. So Allah is saying, You know, come back to God and submit to Him. So, right? Don't despair. And that's why all of these people are from this ummah. ثُمَّ أَوْرَثْنَا الْكِتَابَ الَّذِينَ اصْطَفَيْنَ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا فَمِنْهُمْ ظَالِمٌ لِنَفْسِهِ These are the ظَالِمٌ لِنَفْسِهِ The first one, they waste their life in things of no benefit. The, 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 the lower than them are those who mix good deeds with bad deeds, so they're doing ma'asiyah. And then even lower than them, المسرفون They've wasted, completely wasted their life. They don't even do the fard. So they, they say, لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله. They, they don't pray. 
their fast is neglected, all these things. They might not pay their zakat, but they're still Muslims. If you ask them, are you Muslim? They say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Muhammad Rasulullah, I'm a Muslim. They're still Muslim. But they're vani munni nafsihi, and they're the lowest of the degrees. So these nine degrees, they're at the bottom. Now, the, uh, you know, the ulama, they said that the, the real faqih is the one that doesn't cause people to despair of the mercy of Allah. لا الناس الله. The rahmah of Allah is wasi'a, it's vast, but people have to also recognize that it's a dangerous position to be in those positions and people shouldn't be content with them. So this is the tadalli, he showed you the ladder. The second half of the book is taraqi, how to climb the ladder. One of the things he says is, on this lowest group are people addicted to drugs and alcohol. He says, for instance, teach them a musical instrument. Because you're getting them out of a haram that's mujma'alay and into something that's mukhtarafi but has a similar type of effect on the, like alcohol or drugs. That's why they often go together, alcohol and drugs and music. Uh, and so he's saying it's better they're doing that than doing uh, something. And that's how he goes. He's slowly. And, and he believes that the ikhtirafat are because of this rahmah of Allah. Because if you look at the sahaba, they had tadarruj. They didn't all become awliya overnight. It took time. They were drinking in Mecca. Even Hamza anhu was drinking in Medina in the first period. And he actually... You know, he got drunk and there were, Ali had the two camels out to marry uh, Fatima and Sayyidina Hamza. He was drinking and then somebody said something. He said, Are you a, a, You're just servants of my father. He started boasting about his ancestors. And then he took the sword and he cut the two humps of the camels, killed them. He was drunk. The, Hamza, radiallahu So, they didn't just come in like people expect Muslims, oh, you know, what's wrong with you? No, they go slow. And that's what he's saying is help people get better. Don't expect them to be at that ninth maqam. That's not where you start. That's where you end. You might be starting in that, in that first one. Really in a bad shape. That might be where you start. Now, some people can have a powerful conversion and just whoosh, do 180. That happens. Undeniably, that happens. People have converted. Malcolm had a conversion like that. He went from, they called him Satan in prison. And he went and became really, really completely straight as an arrow. That happens. But that's not the norm. And so help people get better. And another dangerous one is when you, you go to the extreme of trying to be, do too much. So you have to take your time. So this is the wisdom of our tradition, of our ulama. Um, I hope, uh, I, I didn't think I'd get through this, but I'm glad I did. Um, so I hope uh, it was beneficial. I really think if, if these things were applied in our community, um, that it would resolve a lot of these conflicts over religion. But I will say, conflicts over religion are not necessarily a bad thing also because it's indicative of the fact that religion is still important in our community. 
There are many communities that could care less. Some Christians will often say, what are the Muslims going on about? They don't care. A lot of the Christians don't care about their religion anymore because the religion is just disappearing. Um, they don't see these things. Whereas the early religious community of the Christians was very strong. They had huge debates about things. They had debate about wealth. One of the biggest debates in early Christianity was whether or not you could be a rich person and a Christian. That was a huge debate because they really thought that you should give all your money away and serve the poor and do, to be a true Christian. They debated about war because Christ clearly, uh, in that, with the exception of the money changers, uh, it's indicative that he's nonviolent. Although there are some verses in there, let he who hath no sword sell his garment to buy a sword. And then in the other, you know, when the Romans are trying to um, take him, he says, you know, Peter lifts his sword, I think. He says, he who lives by the sword shall die by the sword. So there's things in there, you know, let the dead bury the dead. There's things in there that are very unusual and difficult to penetrate. Um, he definitely was not with the revolutionaries. He wasn't with the zealots. There's no indication, even though he lived under Roman occupation, there's no indication that he was part of the zealots because they were there. Um, and when they tried to trick him, asking about the coin, uh, you know, what should we, should we pay taxes? And he said, who's on the coin? And he said, the head of Caesar. He said, give, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Give unto God that which is God. It was a very, if he said that, I mean, these are riwayat without isnad as far as we're concerned, um, if he said that. But it's a very clever answer um, to respond to. So the fact that Muslims still do debate about moon sighting is, you know, it's sad that... that uh, a lot of these debates are a result of not understanding this type of fiqh. But at the same time, it, sh it should encourage us that there are many Muslims that still take their religion very seriously and want to do the right thing and are trying to find the right answer. And then there's others that have sickness in their heart. Um, they just love fitna. And we have a lot of fitna causers in our community. Um, we should, we should uh, you know, try to avoid those. Are there any questions or is time up? Time's up, yeah, so we should pray, inshallah. Subhanakal wa bihamdika, ashadu an la ilahi la anta, astaghfiruku wa tubu ilayk. So I did the tadalli, you saw the ladder. Um, you can think about where you are on that ladder. Mm -hmm. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>